A hero is integrity, humanity, and compassion in action. The hero frequency is the thread of those qualities binding us all. I'm Yasmin Joy, an empathic survivor of loss, grief, and more. And every week, I'll be sharing tips and tales that brought me to my mission of identifying and amplifying the hero frequency. Let's tune in and turn it up. Hey there. Before I get started on this episode's topic, I want to just check in with you and see how you're enjoying the podcast so far. What are some of your favorite episodes? And if you've gotten any specific takeaways that have been helpful to give you insight on what you may be going through or what someone you know is going through. If you've been listening to at least a couple episodes so far, you've probably heard me interject throughout my episodes that this particular topic or that particular subject is going to be further discussed in a separate episode. When I do that, it's to let you know that I recognize that that particular subject matter is really important and I want to address it, but that it deserves its own separate episode. So I have so many topics in my queue to talk about with you, but I wanted to pop in here and ask you first if there's any particular topic that you want me to expand upon that I've discussed already, or if there's something that you're struggling with that you'd like me to address in a podcast episode so that everyone can benefit. There's a good chance that that topic is already on my list to discuss, but if I know that you're hoping and waiting to hear me talk about it, I'll prioritize that on my queue and get it up and running sooner. Please remember that I'm not a licensed therapist or anything like that. Everything that I talk about here is from the perspective of a survivor. In fact, pretty much everything that I discuss on this podcast is something that I've had to go through. Now, let's jump into today's topic. What is the hero frequency? How did I come up with it? And why do I feel it was so important that I had to create a podcast around it? They say when you look back on your life, you can connect the dots to how you got to where you are. And by where you are, I mean figuratively and in a more meaningful, serendipitous, accidentally purposeful way. I'll use my own story as an example. Sometimes a dramatic and or traumatic event occurs in our life that can change every aspect of our existence. It could be a breakup, it could be something affecting our health, or oftenly, as was my case, it could be a death. When such an event like that occurs, it could set off what best-selling author Karen Salmonson refers to as the vortex. That's a time in your life where a series of unfortunate events seems to be occurring one after another, just stacked on top of each other like boom, boom, boom. You barely have time to catch your breath or footing after the first traumatizing thing happens when another thing happens and then another thing and on and on until it feels like maybe you're cursed or this is just how it's going to be moving forward in your life. In all likelihood, you're not cursed and not doomed, but it may feel that way at the moment because you're maxed out. Give yourself a break. Whether you just got knocked off your feet or you've been going on empty for so long, feeling disoriented, overwhelmed, in shock, depressed, anxious, all those things make sense. Our emotions and our bodies are messengers to our well-being. Alarms go off when something bad has happened, and the alarms ring to signal us to take action, specifically action that will keep us and or our clan safe. When that system malfunctions, you have an alarm that never stops, or you have an alarm that is suppressed, creating a whole other set of problems. It'll either burn you out or numb you out. 
neither is truly sustainable, but the numbers tend to live outside of their bodies. So they tend to be high functioning, seem socially appropriate, and go far in terms of the external world. Those who get burnt out can still be high functioning, or they may not be, because they're constantly feeling everything that's happening inside and outside at a heightened state. And they may respond externally accordingly, which can look erratic from the outside. But this type of responder tends to be more in touch with their intuition because their tendency is already to not block their internal messaging system. So they tune in where the numbers don't want to feel any pain and will block at all costs. I probably should call these responders feelers versus numbers rather than burnt outers versus numbers. Because the truth is, they're both getting burnt out. Feelers are tending to every flicker as if it were a potential fire, whereas numbers are running away from any internal flicker because they don't want to deal with those fires. And so they'll busy themselves with outside accomplishments and goals in order to not have to deal. Now, one side isn't necessarily better or worse than the other. But generally speaking, those who neglect their inner well-being, their foundational self, and try to pad their pain and validate their worth with external accomplishments and acquisitions tend to have at least some degree of disconnect from the hero frequency. On the other hand, the feelers, by nature of connecting to their inner world, their emotions, intuition, etc., have a better chance of connecting to the frequency, but in the wrong company can still be impacted negatively, which will skew their internal messaging system. A feeler that is connected to the hero frequency, but who is constantly in contact with harm intending or simply negative people could absorb all the pain and harmful intentions of their environment. If such people are part of the vortex following the traumatic event experienced by the feeler, the feeler will struggle with fully healing and regaining their footing. If you've seen nice people that seem to never be able to get a break and not have been able to accomplish things, before judging them, it's good to see their life circumstances and understand the people that are surrounding them, what they may be dealing with on a daily basis, and recognize that, in fact, they are accomplishing the most important thing, which is keeping their humanity intact, staying kind, loving, compassionate, empathetic, not self-entitled, not unscrupulous, not in pursuit of being better than. All of these things are extraordinarily important and difficult accomplishments, especially in this world where social systems are not only dysfunctional, but purposefully made so, so that there's always an extreme gap between the haves and have-nots. Our modern society encourages and celebrates have-a-lots. And of course, I mean the external haves. And in this social media generation, if you don't actually have all the things, but simply appear to have the external stuff, that'll do as well. Now, this may sound like numbers are always successful and feelers are always not in this narcissist-nurturing, capitalist-coddling society. But of course, that's not true because there are always exceptions. Numbers to take a pause and turn inwards to take inventory of their emotions and their needs and just who they really are and proactively address the issues that they know are keeping them from feeling and living fully and in integrity for both themselves and the image that they put out in the world. 
good examples of people who are not quite numbers necessarily, but who are very accomplished on the externals first, and yet have come to be known to be fully plugged into their emotions, shamelessly open about their vulnerability, and therefore in integrity and capable of deep and authentic connection and compassion are actors Terry Crews and The Rock and singer and national treasure Dolly Parton. Now, a good example of a feeler who has taken all of her deep emotions and experiences and processed everything as feelers tend to do such that she was able to bring that out into the world to help so many people is best-selling author, speaker, and activist Glennon Doyle. In both types examples, we can see that having balance in the inner and outer connections, nurturing and development is really the hero frequency at its best. It's charged up, fully stocked with resources, prioritized and backed up by a person who is fully connected to their own human experience and their responsibility and purpose for humanity. But if we had to pick just one type, a number or a feeler, being a feeler on the frequency is better for the world. Feelers tend to be connected to the hero frequency simply because by nature they don't bypass their emotions and intuitive wisdom. This is not to say that they don't ignore their intuition at times, but they still care about being a good person and being fair and being kind to other people that when they get intuitive nudges about a person that say this person is not that nice of a person in this way or that way, feelers will readily accept that they're imagining things and make some type of excuse or allowance about another person's bad behavior. This is how they ignore their intuition. This becomes really unhealthy and really dangerous, especially if a feeler is surrounded by people who pad themselves from feeling vulnerable or not enough. Now, I'll have to make a confession. Once upon a time, I thought that if someone was insecure, that that was harmless. And in many cases, it is. But what I've learned in the past few decades, especially the first ones where I had no boundaries, that is, I accepted everyone, I let people cross the line with me over and over. In many, many cases, insecurity ignited fear, hatred, self-entitlement, which these individuals were already topped off in. When you're living with those emotions as a norm, your view of the world, your place in it, and our human interconnectedness is very different from that of a person who prioritizes humanity and has the characteristics of its dedicated ally, essentially someone on the hero frequency. Unfortunately, most opt to numb, blocking out this frequency, and that goes out into the world loudly, proudly, misrepresenting what should be quote-unquote goals, and perpetuating systems of hierarchy, entitlement, disconnection, injustice, inhumanity. I'm going to step off this long soapbox that I've been pacing back and forth on the past 10 minutes for just a minute, so I can talk to you about why this is so important to me, and I believe that it's also important to you, even if you haven't processed and articulated this as such in your head. As you know, if you've listened to a couple of my episodes by now, my brother's death when I was 16 completely changed my life. Not only did I lose my brother and my perfect happy family, but I would be introduced to and immersed in the company of people who came from a very different place and therefore had very different values because they were very familiar, even comfortable, with some form of darkness in their life. 
A difficult but valuable lesson I learned through these people is that there are different kinds of hurt people who hurt people, and some of them are excusable, but all of them should be avoided. Unless, of course, you're their therapist, caseworker, or someone who is otherwise trained and equipped to professionally handle them. Now, I know sometimes you can't really completely avoid them, especially if they're family, and especially, especially if you have kids with one of this type. It could be very difficult if you have not already numbed out for your own sanity and survival, or if you've numbed out because you've accepted this as your fate. That is, to be bound to or in the company of people who mistreat you in the way that you could never feel comfortable treating anyone. Another lesson I learned over many, many years with such people is that many, if not most of them, are a cautionary tale. And as it goes with cautionary tales, it's best to be reader or observer than a character in one of them, because you don't want to be the victim any more than you want to be the villain. And yes, I will have a separate episode talking about the use of the term victim in our society. Now, if you're in a situation where you have to continue to commune with such individuals, and if one of the reasons is that you feel guilty about severing the relationship, I just want to say I know it's really hard and you're likely juggling so many things that if you were to make any sudden move, you're afraid that everything will come crashing down. And it might, but it might need to. Because if you're juggling all of these things while being fed a little bit of poison every day, everything you're trying so hard to maintain will likely come crashing down sooner or later. And when you see those pieces on the ground mixed in with the precious things will likely be things that you should have let go of long ago. Letting go of things that don't deserve your time and attention At the top of the list being people who don't genuinely care about you and even wish you harm. Disconnecting from these people who are clearly not on the same frequency and from things that do not support your attunement to your highest frequency will free you up in time and energy for the people and things who are and do. Now, I know this is easier said than done with the debris and casualties and all of the trappings of such a beast. And even if you're not ready to make a move at this very moment, but if part of that reason is an unwarranted kind of guilt, the kind usually experienced by genuine and compassionate people in the midst of an egocentric, self-entitled, possibly cruel person or persons, I'm here to interrupt that. Hear me out. Let's just take a quick break from that program you've been pounding on for years and years. I want you to step off that treadmill for just a second. Don't worry, you'll be able to get right back on and continue as you've been doing in just a moment. And I will freeze frame all the things that you're juggling. It would be great if you could do this little exercise undistracted. I'm going to count down and hit pause and your treadmill is going to stop. All the things that you've been juggling are going to freeze in the air, safe and in perfect condition for you to return to in just a moment. Ready? Three two, one, pause. Now step down from the treadmill, take a breath, and turn around. I want you to look at the things that are frozen in the air, all the things that you've been juggling for so long by yourself. Now I want you to step a little closer and take a look at each item. If you could choose 
any one of those items from which you could be relieved from this task of tending to, which one would it be? This may give you a clue on which items you need more support. Or maybe this item is something that you need to redistribute because this is supposed to be a two-person job or the task actually belongs to someone else. Or again, this is a task that really no one should have to take on. Now, I want you to look back at all the other items and see how many of these actually fall into one of those categories. Need tools, need hands, not mine, and trash. Now, I want you to visualize going to each item, all of them still suspended in the air, and tap only the ones that fall in one of those four categories. As you tap each one, I want you to assign its corresponding category and imagine that it lights up as soon as you assign it and disappears from the air and reappears into the corresponding basket that is now at your feet. Keep doing this until you have no more items in the air that belong in one of those four baskets. What's left for you to juggle? What do you need help on? And what trash do you need to take out? Keep these items and their categories in mind. Now, before I send you back, I want to address the treadmill issue. Hint, you're not supposed to be on a treadmill. The treadmill is a very complex machine, but it was fabricated. It represents a system or systems created intentionally and or haphazardly, but activated successfully the moment you stepped on it. You're definitely using your muscles, but you're not getting anywhere. And you might be able to see that if you weren't so busy with all the excessive things you're juggling and trying to keep up with the treadmill. Now, I can't get into how to get off the treadmill, at least not in this episode, because that's a very complicated topic. But I can tell you that getting more in touch with your intuition and your sense of humanity for yourself as well as others can definitely help. And the more you build on that, the more tuned in you're going to get to the hero frequency. And that's where the magic happens. It's where the beauty of humanity comes to life. Now, I promised you I would send you back to all the obligations that are still waiting for you. So go ahead and step back on the treadmill. Note that all the juggling items are back in place, up in the air, waiting for you. But before I hit unpause, I want you to remember this little exercise and the four categories you've assigned some of your items. Need help, need hands, not mine, and trash. Write them down to rework them on paper if you need to. And in your pursuit for external successes, remember the Titans, Dolly Parton, Terry Crews, Glennon Doyle, and The Rock. Keep all these things in mind as I count you down, back to your treadmill and juggling. Ready? Three, two, one, unpause. Now before we end this episode, I just want to remind you, regardless of whether or not you stay on the treadmill, if you're on the frequency, you're on the right track. Thanks for joining me. Every day is an opportunity to exercise your integrity, humanity, and compassion, including for yourself. May you go with the company of good, the endurance of love, the beauty of wonder, and the dignity of kindness. Thanks for tuning into the Hero Frequency.